0: Hello, my friend, welcome back to the club. How are you today? I feel like I talk a lot about <laughs> the importance of both plant and animal foods in the diet. I've shared a lot both here and in social media why I don't think a vegan or vegetarian diet is the best plan for long-term health. My basis, my compass for that is God's word. In Genesis 1:29, he gives us plant foods, in Genesis 9.3, he gives us animal foods. I have expressed that I don't know why. I don't think any of us know exactly why we don't get that permission to eat animal foods until after the flood, until after Noah's ark. But we do, in fact, get the green light from God to bring animal foods into the diet. And we see biblical people throughout the Bible eat animal sources of food like fish and meat. So I take God at his word, literally his word that both plant and animal foods are to be part of my diet. But there is a very big plant-centric attitude, I kinda wanna say bias, in the dietary health sphere. You know, this big push to be plant-based, which can mean all plant foods, as in the case of a vegan or vegetarian, or mostly plants with perhaps a little animal protein. And I have also made clear that I do think the amount of plants or animal foods can vary from person to person based on what's going on in in the gut. Some people may need more plants. Some people may need more animal foods. Today's guest needed more animal foods. When I recently posted in social media why I'm not a vegetarian, she commented that she was a quote unquote recovering vegan and that her brain needed cholesterol and the nutrients and grass fed beef to heal the damage that nine years of multiple sclerosis and Lyme disease had done to her body. And so I immediately messaged her because I had to know more about this situation. And um, she shared some of the incredible highlights of her journey, like losing 100 pounds, overcoming MS and Lyme disease and finding Jesus while she was on a 10 day master cleanse fast. But today, my friends, we're going to hear the whole story of her amazing health and spiritual transformation. I am so happy to have fellow nutritional therapy practitioner and certified walls practitioner Beth Schultz here with us today. Welcome, Beth, to the Christian Health Club podcast.
1: Hello, Chelsea. I am excited to be here. I got a little (laughs) teary-eyed. My story story still chokes me up a little bit. Oh,
0: I, I just... From what you've told me, the little you've told me, I'm just, um, I really can't can't wait to hear the full context of it today. It just, it sounds amazing. Uh, Let's start with being a vegan. (laughs) Let's start there. When uh, and why did you decide on that dietary approach? Where were you in your life and kind of what was going on and how did you come to that?
1: When I was 16, I fell in love with an artist (laughs) and he was a vegetarian. He was a freshman in college. And so I became a vegetarian. That's what he did. And I did it. And I, um, we ate somewhat good, but we were kind of junk food vegetarians too. We ate a lot of Ben and Jerry's. I gained a lot of weight. Not a lot, but I, I gained weight for the first time in my life. Um, so 16 and I kept that until I was 21 at 20. I became a vegan because I heard that was even healthier. And I would say within six months, I started to get depressed. Um, no animal fats causes depression in my body. So I had added back eggs and cheese and I felt a lot better. I became pregnant. I thought I, or, and actually I didn't know I was pregnant. Um, so I had added back the dairy and the eggs and one day I had to have meat. I went to McDonald's and I got a big Mac. <laughs> I had no idea what, like what I was doing. I hid it from my boyfriend. I ate it in my car. I went to a gas station to get rid of the wrapper because I didn't understand it. The next day I went to work, I was the manager at a pizza restaurant. I made myself a pepperoni pizza. I sat in the dark in my office because I had a mirror that people could see me. And I didn't want to see anybody see me eat meat because you really identify as a vegetarian, or at least I did. Um, And oh, that pepperoni pizza was so good. (laughs) But I was so upset with myself because I didn't know what I was doing. And I think the next day I found out I was pregnant and I just said, oh, it's the baby. The baby needs meat. Yeah, that <laughs> happened to my sister-in-law. She was a vegetarian.
0: And when she got pregnant, she's like, I, I just need a I need a hamburger. I need a steak. I need red meat. And then that that's it. Ever since then, she's never been a vegetarian again. But isn't that interesting? It is.
1: And um, so I ate a lot of meat in that pregnancy. I my body needed it, but it was funny because I didn't know how to cook meat. I had never I became a vegetarian at 16, so I never lived on my own as a meat eater. I would grab, I'd get like a chicken breast and I'd throw it in the oven. I don't even think I would put salt and pepper on it. And I would cook it for like an hour and 20 minutes (laughs) and eat it. And my boyfriend would say, you know, you can season this. You don't have to cook it so much. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I don't want to touch it. (laughs) Um, So we didn't eat great meat during that. And it was funny because then I continued to eat meat but i still thought a vegetarian diet was healthier so my daughter i gave her soy hot dogs um mm. she drank a, a good amount of she liked soy milk i gave her a good amount of soy milk uh i did put her on dairy at, well i might not have put her on like melt until she was a few years old i remember it was um and, but she ate chicken once she was over a year old I remember, um, her first day of kindergarten, they had a barbecue open house and she came up to me with a real hot dog and she was like, mom, this is the best hot dog ever. Why don't our hot dogs taste like this? (laughs) How funny. (laughs) Right? Um, yeah. And then I did try the low fat diet when I was diagnosed with MS. Um, in, I was, I think 28, 29 when I was diagnosed with MS, maybe 27, I so tried the low were, fat diet.
0: Okay, so you went from veget vegan, no vegetarian to vegan. So for people that may not be clear about the difference between that, can
1: you just clear that up? Vegan is no animal products at all. Um, for some people, even honey, they wouldn't eat honey because it you make the bees work for that. Um, so no eggs, no dairy. It's um, vegetables and a lot of soy. Some are whole food vegans who eat a lot of vegetables. Some of them eat a whole lot of junk food. I, I ate a good amount of junk food the first time I was a vegan. Um, vegetarian, you can eat eggs and dairy and vegetables.
0: Okay, so you, so you were a vegetarian, so started as a vegetarian, and then went to vegan, and then back to vegetarian, mm-hmm okay and then you are diagnosed with MS at 28 yep what what uh what were your symptoms what were you
1: feeling what was going on the first symptom was optic neuritis which is inflammation of the eye nerve um, when it started I it was a little headache and I got, it's like a migraine, the aura that you would see. So I could still see, but there were blurry spots and almost flashing lights. There would be like little black and white worms and I couldn't see through the black and white worms. It sounds very mm-hmm. strange. And I really thought it was a migraine. So my I was with my family um, on Thanksgiving vacation she gave me some migraine medicine. It got rid of the headache, but the eyesight didn't come back. Um, in a week, I decided it was time to go to the doctor. I went to urgent care. They agreed it sounded like a migraine. So they gave me a migraine um, injection, left me in a dark room for 30 minutes, came back and said, is your eyesight back? And it had not returned. So they said, you know what, you should go up to ophthalmology. It was um, like a big health clinic and they had ophthalmologists there she looked into my eyes and said, wow, this is optic neuritis and you probably have multiple sclerosis.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, how scary and then double scary.
1: Right. And I I looked at her like she was nuts. I was at the time I was a single mom now, um, you know, sole provider for me and my daughter. That was really, really scary. I got in my car and they had dilated my eyes too, and then sent me home to drive home. (laughs) <laughs> and I, um, no, I did, no sunglasses, anything. I get in my car. I just break down. I'm bawling. I'm supposed to pick my daughter up for kindergarten. I had the good sense to pull over on the side of the road, call a friend and say, can you please pick up Sienna? And I just sat there and cried. Um, back then healthcare was worked faster. So I got into, I had an MRI the next morning, saw a neurologist right after the MRI. And I had no lesions on my brain. I just had the lesion on my eye nerve. So he didn't diagnose you need to have multiple lesions for multiple sclerosis. Um, You can have an isolated incident and only have it happen one time. So that was what we hoped for. He sent me home. Um, He said it would heal heal in about two months, most likely. And it did heal in two months. I was excited. I thought, okay, this is done. It was an isolated incident. We're fine. I think within two or three days, it happened in the other eye. Oh gosh, how
0: devastating.
1: Um, Right? (laughs) So then, you know, I called the neurologist again. They got me in for an MRI right away. I got to go see him directly after that MRI because he was going to Hawaii for a week and didn't want me to have to wait a week. I got in there. So he had not looked at the MRI yet. I'm sitting in his office. He pulls it up on his large screen TV, clicks it and... There's a big white lesion on my brain. And he went, oh, I was right. It is MS. <laughs> I was like, oh. And he's like, oh, you're sitting right here. Okay, this is okay. It's going to be fine. MS is treated. You know, it, there are drugs that we have for it. There is no cure. But it is fine. We'll have a cure in seven years. Don't worry about it. He then went on to say, um, "We did do blood work the first time, and we never called you to let you know that you did have a positive Lyme disease test. No, we didn't believe we don't have Lyme disease in Oregon, so we weren't concerned about it. We did send it in a second time, and it was positive again. But don't worry, we don't have you know we don't have Lyme disease here in Oregon. Um, let's go send you though for blood work to do the Lyme disease test a third time."
0: Oh, so the like bonus, you have MS and you have Lyme disease, right?
1: So we did um, the third test and again, positive CDC, positive for Lyme disease. He again said, we don't have Lyme disease in Oregon, so we're not going to worry about it. Uh, he gave me some pamphlets for MS drugs to look at. Um, the MS drugs are scary. <laughs> they are injections. At the time, there were... Three I think I could choose from. Two were kind of like a chemotherapy, and interferon. And one, they didn't know why it worked. Um, so at the same time, the, so the Lyme disease test was positive. After the third one, the health department called me and said, where did you get Lyme disease? And I said, well, we don't have Lyme disease in Oregon, so I don't have it. And they said, well, you don't get three positive Lyme disease tests and not have Lyme disease. We'll call your neurologist and explain to him how you treat that. So they called him and explained the treatment protocol. He called me into his office. He gave me 28 days of doxycycline and told me that I could take that. And then we were never talking about Lyme disease again in his office. What? Right? I I thought it was really weird. I started the doxycycline. Within three days, my eyesight came back. And I felt pretty good. Um, I had a friend's mother who understood Lyme disease and understood that it's just a very misunderstood disease in mainstream medicine. Um, so I took my twenty-eight days of antibiotics, and I felt really good that whole time. As soon as they ran out, I lost eyesight again. Whoa! I I just didn't know what to do. So I I went and saw a different infectious. I went and saw an infectious disease doctor. He told me that we didn't really have Lyme disease in Oregon, but some people had it, and if I wanted to treat that Lyme disease that would be causing the symptoms that I was having, that it would take months and months of IV antibiotics, and he wasn't supposed to do that. I cried. He felt bad for me. He told me. He's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Call my office next week. We'll have it set up. I called the office next week. They said they didn't know anything about that, And he would call me back and he would, he never called me back and would never talk to me again. I mean, oh my gosh. It, what year is this? I still don't understand. This was 14 years ago. Okay. I mean, that's unbelievable. Right? Um, I made, I lived in kind of a small town, so I found an MS center in Portland, Oregon that was a few hours away. Um, I went to the MS center, great doctors. I think they have like a team of six to eight doctors look at all of your records and they said, you have perfect MS. Every part of this is MS. You do have all these positive Lyme disease tests. We need to figure that out. Um, so we have a great infectious disease doctor here. We will test you again with a better lab on the East Coast. We'll send your blood away to the East Coast. Check it there. Um, I asked one of the doctors, I said, can't you have Lyme disease and MS? And all a few of them went, yeah. And one said no. <laughs> I thought that was kind of silly. So they sent my blood work off to the East Coast lab. It came back positive. Um, I had an appointment with the infectious disease doctor that was three hours away from my home. My, um, not yet husband, soon to be husband and I drove up and, you know, I was a single mom, so I had to find somebody to watch my child for a few days while we make the the trip to Portland. We get there, we get a hotel room, we wake up in the morning for my appointment and he canceled it. He looked at my chart and there was no way that I had Lyme disease. And I was like, I'm, That's I'm, like speechless. I'm like, what is, what is right. going on with
0: these people? <laughs> I mean, I guess they're just so, they just don't know what to do. So they just
1: tell you you're wrong and ignore you. hmm And you know, I said to the nurse, I said, all he has is five positive Lyme disease tests sitting in front of him. How, how does he know I don't have Lyme disease without needing me? This makes no sense. So I pleaded and I begged and I begged and I said, because the MS specialists had told me too, that if he said no, that that was it. That was the final answer. I had MS and there was no more. And in my mind, I just, I felt like Lyme disease was treatable. I wanted to have Lyme disease. I did not want to have MS.
0: Okay. So at Um, this point, okay, so you're thinking maybe it's Lyme and not MS.
1: I did think that. Okay. So that's what you were, okay. 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 It's what I want, it, and it's what I wanted because that was treatable. MS has no, you know, we have drugs for it, but it doesn't necessarily; those drugs don't necessarily stop your symptoms. Right. Okay. I didn't, and those drugs have scary side effects. I didn't want, and I still had not started the drugs. I really wanted an answer. So the infectious disease doctor did agree to have a phone conversation with me. We had the phone conversation. I, you know, I was upset. And he just said, you don't have Lyme disease. There's just no way you have MS and you need to accept that. And he even, and I was like, "But why do I have five positive tests? You can't, that makes no sense to me. The health department felt that I had it. And he said, we just don't have that in Oregon. You don't have it. And he even at one time, and I always put my hands up in like quotation marks said, you have Lyme disease.com. If you get off the internet and stop reading about it, you'll be fine. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. I was so insulted. I really was insulted. So there was nothing more I could do. I really, you know, I had seen all the best doctors in Oregon. Um, I decided to choose one of the MS drugs. I picked Avonex, which is a weekly injection, because I do not like needles. So the weekly injection seemed better than the three days a week injection. They were both interferons. And I got ready to start it. For some reason, I didn't think about ingredients back then, but I, want, I read the ingredients of the drug. And there was the Marisol in the drug. That's a mercury ad- additive. Why would you give a mercury additive to somebody with a neurological disease every week? Hmm. They also had, you could get the same shot, but mix it yourself. And it didn't have the preservatives in it. And normally they only give those to people that react so badly to the one with the Marisol on it. So I requested that from um, the company and it was funny. The company had to call me because they didn't understand why I wanted it. And I made the gentleman read the ingredients. And he went, wow, I had never done that before. Why does anybody take the premixed one? Oh and he's like, I'm glad you made me do that. Because if I ever get MS, I'm not taking that one. I'm taking the cleaner one. Uh, when I started it, I had a great nurse practitioner who was just, she was great to me and always listened to me. And she, she wanted to read about the drug. And she went, wow, oh, did you? One of the side effects is suicidal depression like that scares me. You're a single mom. You go home to a 5-year-old, 6-year-old daughter. She can't watch out for s- suicidal depression. There's nobody at your ha- there's nobody to watch you. I the only way I feel comfortable with this is if you come into my office once a month and check in. You can come in at your lunch break. We have lunch at the same time. Just say hi. You don't have to pay me. We'll just talk. What a wonderful woman. Yes. Uh I started the drug, needles, Oh, they, I just can't stand them. So I'll be honest, I would take a Xanax before my shot and drink wine <laughs> just to get in. And this was an intra, this is a muscular shot. So the needle is over an inch long, maybe an inch and a half long Ooh. too. It's not a little needle. You have to get it there in your thigh. And I would have... Um, probably three days of the flu, three to five days of the flu. I had a hard time getting out of bed every single week. After you took it? Yep, it's it's an interferon, it's chemotherapy, a very mild dose of chemotherapy. I think nine months in, I went for my monthly check in with my nurse practitioner and she looked at me and said, who are you? I don't recognize you, do you recognize yourself? And she said, you still have symptoms constantly. You don't feel good, you know, it's not helping. I think it makes you worse. And so I stopped. I believe that was when I said I need to figure out this Lyme disease thing. So I um, talked to a friend. She recommended a doctor on the East Coast who was a neurologist who understood MS and Lyme disease. I got on a plane and traveled 3,000 miles to Connecticut. The doctor doesn't accept insurance. It's cash only. It's not cheap. I had to borrow money from my family to go. And I got there, and he was floored by my medical records. How could you not be treated for Lyme disease? This is a clear case of Lyme disease that I believe triggered multiple sclerosis. He's like, you don't not have multiple sclerosis you have an autoimmune disease that was caused by Lyme disease. You need to be treated with aggressive IV antibiotics. And um, I think it it took months to get those IV antibiotics all worked out uh, um, in Oregon. My primary doctor had to be the one to order them for my insurance. Luckily, as a nurse practitioner, she, she, um, she was happy to do that for me. So we did a hundred days of IV rosecin. That was really, really hard. I became you're supposed to inject it very slowly. And before you would inject that, you would put in like a saline solution to clear out your pick line. so they um, put in a pick line to my heart. If you're doing it every single day, you don't want to have an IV every single day. One day I shot it in too fast. Like, I did it like the saline shot. I just shot the whole thing in. Um, because So when you have Lyme disease and you treat it with antibiotics, they call it a herxomite. I'm not saying that right. We just call it a herx reaction. When you're killing the, the bug, it lets off a toxin that makes you sick. Mm-hmm. So your symptoms come flooding back worse than they were before. It's really hard. So those IV antibiotics kicked my butt. And... Yeah, So I shot in the whole thing of IV rosefin one day and I became allergic to it. I called the doctor. They don't know what to do because there's no other IV antibiotic that they know to use. So I could either stop them or I could take um, very strong allergy medicine right before my shot. I didn't know what else to do because I felt like this was my chance. So I took the allergy medicine, which would just knock me out. At the time I owned a company and my business partner had went out of town the day I started the IV antibiotics. So he, I was all on my own with a business to run. And I don't remember that hundred days. I literally don't even remember it.
0: I was gonna say, how are we, how did you even function? I mean, how did you, how did
1: you work? How did you take care of your daughter? I mean, I I was, was I, I, we were not married yet but I had a very good boyfriend at the time who did everything. He took care of my daughter. He took care of me. He did all the cooking. He did everything. And work I could do on autopilot. And I worked. My office was in my house, so I just had to put on clean pajama pants every day, go and do my autopilot job. I could handle it. After those 100 days when I stopped the IV antibiotics, I felt great. I um, got my neurologist to run an MRI. And I had a new neurologist at this point. I didn't like the guy who told me that I was never allowed to say Lyme disease in his office again. Uh, We did an MRI. 13 brain and spine lesions were gone. My brain and spine were completely clear. How amazing is that? That's amazing. Right? So I I thought it was done. And this is probably, this is three to four years into my um, diagnosis. Okay. That had so you're, you're in your
0: early thirties.
1: Yep. And I truly thought it was done. We cured the Lyme disease. I'm never going to have these symptoms again. I am good. Uh, my boyfriend asked me to marry him. We get married. We rent out a camp, campground on a beautiful lake in the mountains of Oregon. My whole family comes. We camp for a couple days. We get married. We get pregnant right away because I was done. I'm good. <laughs> I can have a baby. Um, I was concerned that I could, you can pass Lyme disease to a child, to a baby when you're pregnant. So I decided, because even though I felt like I was done, you don't always kill all the Lyme disease. Maybe I had, I don't know. But I decided to treat with antibiotics the entire pregnancy and um, during her labor, the labor. She was born healthy, thank goodness. Everything seemed great it was going to be good. I took, uh, my husband decided that he was going to stay home with her because I owned the company and I worked out of our house that it was better for him not to work and me to keep the company that I owned. Um, at two months, when she was two months, I went back to work. I sat down at the computer and I lost feeling in the bottom half of my body. Oh gosh. Uh, I came in to nurse her. And she was a very colicky baby. She cried a lot. I was still on antibiotics because there's also Lyme disease can be in your breast milk. I came in to nurse her. I looked at her and I just felt like the Lyme disease was back and I couldn't feed her. I was just bawling. I didn't want to give it to her. And my husband said, you know what? I'm going to make her a bottle with formula. He did it. She didn't cry that night. We gave her another bottle with formula. She didn't cry all night long. That really? poor baby. Oh, <laughs> that so poor baby, the... I was poisoning her. Not oh, poisoning her, but you know. Um, that was really hard. And we, I got another MRI and lesions were already starting. I had lesions on my spine and my brain. Oh, Beth, my gosh. Right? I was so like, and, and that happened. With MS, you a lot of times you have a flare postpartum, and many people say with Lyme disease, you'll have a post a flare postpartum. I still wanted to believe that I just had Lyme disease, not MS. So I got back on that airplane to Connecticut. That was the worst trip. I could barely walk, I didn't feel the bottom half of my body. I was by myself. My we couldn't afford to all go as a family. My flight got delayed, it was like 17 hours in an airport, it was horrible. And the um, he surprised he didn't want to treat with IV antibiotics again. He said, we did that. There is, he did some other blood tests. And I also had, um, usually you don't ever just have Lyme disease. You have a lot of co-infections. I had another thing called chlamydia pneumonia, which is a lung infection. And that has, there is a doctor at Vanderbilt University who found it in his wife who had MS. And he believes that that is a trigger for a lot of MS not some MS patients, I will say. So he had a three-year antibiotic protocol of three different antibiotics that you took for three years. That, that was what the doctor wanted to do. So we started that, three different antibiotics for three years. Didn't help this time. My symptoms just every two months, I would have a new different symptom, um, debilitating fatigue. My eyesight was always bad and you get this headache with i would get not everybody has pain but it would just be this eye pain that was so bad with the optic neuritis so i didn't like light i would i would work i worked this entire time i only worked 20 hours a week so it wasn't bad and i could support our whole family on that which was amazing when i got off work i went and sat in our dark bedroom i had blackout sheets on the walls because light hurt my eyes and i did watch and i watched tv all the time. My husband brought dinner was always served in my bed. I don't think I didn't eat dinner at the kitchen table with my family for years. And if we had friends over, I would. And just not nothing helped. And I continued to take the antibiotics. And I think we went past three years. I kept going. Uh, my nurse practitioner just kept giving me antibiotics, because I just believed if I, if I just killed it, this would all go away. Then I was vomiting every morning for a couple hours from the antibiotics. And I said, I just, I can't do this anymore. It's never going away. I have MS or this chronic Lyme disease. It will just never go away. I'm just, I'm done. What do I do? And that was going to be, you know, it's life. You accept it. One day, my friend was, um, she was having health problems. No doctor could figure it out. I just knew it was Lyme disease and not everybody tests positive for Lyme disease. The blood tests are very inaccurate, especially the standard Lyme disease tests are very inaccurate. But you have no proof. She didn't necessarily believe it because she didn't know what was wrong with her. And her husband found an iridologist. You just did a podcast on iridology, which was very good. I enjoyed listening to it. Uh, I, I went with my friend. She had the appointment first. What this woman discovered from her eyes was amazing. There, she knew things that you could just never know about her family history. It was shocking. I made an appointment, got in in a couple weeks. They did my eyes and she said, you know, this is all your digestion. We're gonna heal your gut and you're gonna be fine. <laughs> I think I might've laughed out loud. <laughs> and was like, oh, really? We're going to heal my gut and I'll be fine. You know, I have this serious neurological disease. I think at the time I had 17 lesions on my brain and my spine. Um, Lesions are scarring of the myelin sheath. Happens in multiple sclerosis. Some people say it happens in in Lyme. And that's kind of what causes your symptom. You get a lesion and then, you know, it stops how your brain works because your brain, the The signals can't get through that lesion, that makes sense.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So I decided to to do everything that she told me to do. Her biggest thing was drinking distilled water. You need to drink pure, pure water, and distilled water is the only thing that gets rid of everything. Hmm. And the minerals. So she puts you on a really good Himalayan salt, Soleil water, to replace the minerals. And a very healthy vegan diet was her suggestion. She very much believes in a vegan diet. So So we did
0: it. Where were you at that time and all the going through all this? Were you vegan or vegetarian?
1: At the time, we were just eating the standard American diet and and not a good one. So the business that I owned was a restaurant delivery company. This was before DoorDash or any of the things. It was a local company. We had 17 restaurants that we delivered for. So I had access to 17 restaurants every day. So I ate a lot of restaurant food. Okay. At the time, so but when we met her, we went completely vegan. My husband was like, "Yep, the whole house is vegan. I'm not cooking two meals a day. <laughs> if you eat this way, it's how we eat. We drink our distilled water. We that's when we did the Master Cleanse. We did ten days of the Master Cleanse. That was ex- That was hard. What What's the Master Cleanse? Was it Master Cleanse? You. <sighs> You All you consume is fresh squeezed lemon water with maple syrup added and cayenne pepper. Oh, okay. And you, I think you have to drink, it might be like 10 of those a day. And so you do get, you get some minerals from the lemon, some vitamins, um, the vitamins from the lemon, minerals from the maple syrup and the cayenne pepper, I think keeps everything flowing good. And along with that, we had to do colon hydrotherapy every day to make sure you were getting rid of everything in your body. It was
0: so hard. A colonic, basically. A
1: colonic, yep.
0: Yep. Not fun. <laughs> no. So you're doing all of this at your iridology, iridologist's office?
1: Yes. Okay. And she is just, she is an amazing woman. She has become like family to us since then. She just, she just has a way about her. I don't know how to, yeah, You don't know how to describe that. She just, you just want to listen to everything she has to say.
0: That's how I felt about uh, Dr. Thomas when I,
1: (laughs) the iridologist when
0: I went to, and also she has this calm, soothing voice. I don't know if that that it stuck out to me when I talked to her the first time and then on the podcast, it's just so soothing and she's just so knowledgeable. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to hear everything
1: she had to say. So I, I, I get it. And so there was, um, I'm laying on her table, maybe three days in and when you're not eating your blood, like, you go through a lot of emotions. I'm laying on the table, getting the colonic done. And I, I have a flashback of, not a flashback necessarily, I just start thinking of some trauma from my childhood and family stuff and I, I lose it. I am hysterical. I can barely breathe. It is really, really bad. And she looked at me and said, she's holding my hand and rubbing my face and she just, you know, like a mother. So sweet. And she said, do you believe in God? And I said, oh, no. Absolutely not. I Then I don't know. I was raised a Catholic. My family, my mother was a Catholic. I, I don't know where. I think I didn't like rules. I didn't want to be told what to do. I didn't want to do something wrong and be told that it was bad. I really don't know why I just had this. I do not believe in God and I don't want God anywhere in my life. And that was just who I was. And she said, really? Like... You don't ever think about God you don't ever and something in my mind clicked and I I thought about it and every time something bad happened in my life or I was scared or I was worried about my daughter I prayed to God and I didn't even know I did that I don't know how to explain that but yes I always reached to God when I was scared but yet I said I didn't believe in God and just I just got this relief over me. I felt so good. And I remember I didn't think that my husband believed in God. I remember telling the woman who married us, you cannot, you know, bring up religion, God in our ceremony. And she did. I want to, she was going to look for it to find me. Um, she has it written down the ceremony that she did, but she's a believer and she did bring God up into our ceremony. But I'd like to read those words again now see but i came home and i told my husband i said oh my gosh i believe in god and he went oh thank god <laughs> and he said i've been reading my bible all the time lately no I just and got not to, like everywhere when you're not around i read the bible and i love it oh, oh my and god. that was so it was so awesome that we both got because what would i have done if all of a sudden my husband didn't believe in god but i did how so it was it was amazing we um our um, iridologist invited us to go to church with her she goes to a messianic jewish church for the messianic jews they believe in jesus they are jewish but they believe in jesus and it was it was just a beautiful community it was so nice to be around people that were so nice And to learn because I didn't remember the Bible as a child. I didn't. Um, I can still just read the Bible. You know, it's all. It still feels new to me after seven years. There's a lot to learn in the Bible. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I'd say <laughs> it's always new to me. Over and over,
1: it's amazing. And yeah, I just feel so lucky because I I don't know how now I don't know how I'd get through these times without having Jesus to put my faith in, and know that and you know in the end we have eternal life. What a beautiful thing! Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So so this happens during this when you're under the care of the iridologist and you do the master cleanse. And
1: what happens after that? We continue to be vegan because that, you know, that's the healthiest diet. And we're we're good vegans at that. We eat a lot of vegetables. We still ate gluten. We still, there was an organic pasta at um, Costco that we would get. And a lot of pasta and vegetables. And I slowly felt, so I, I was feeling better. It was, it was a good cleanse. And I do believe the vegan diet can be a good cleanse for people at times. Mm -hmm. I believe it has its, I believe it is a healing diet. It's not a long-term diet for Mm -hmm. for me, but I see, you know, I see that it helps people at times. And, um, there are times I would, you know, I would do it again, but I feel that depression just kind of creeping back into my brain. And I was on vacation with my mom. We were scrolling through Facebook for some reason. She doesn't, doesn't do Facebook. So maybe I was trying to show, you know, show her what Facebook was. And this video pops up on my feed and it's, you know, doctor recovers from multiple sclerosis with the paleo diet. And I was like, what, what, what is this? And we decided to press play. And it's Dr. Terry Walls, her Ted talk, which I think has two or three million views now. And it is just, it was the best 17 minutes of my life. And as soon as it was over, I just said, this is it. This is gonna work like that. This is it, I'm gonna be fine. And I just had such a belief in it. And the next day I was flying home, there was a steakhouse at the airport and I went and got my, me and my daughter a really expensive steak dinner. <laughs> No,
0: like we're, no we're starting immediately
1: <laughs> <laughs> immediately oh that was the fast tasting steak ever i had steak and potatoes and mushrooms and onions and brussels sprouts i think oh,
0: yeah. i didn't know
1: what the paleo diet was yet i didn't have any idea her book wasn't even out yet her book was just coming out um i had noticed in the town i lived in um i had seen these paleo bars at one of the stores and it was a local woman and she had a facebook page So I private messaged her and said, what can you tell me about the paleo diet? I want to try this for my MS. Is there a book you could recommend? And she recommended Practical Paleo by Diane Sanfilippo.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The book showed up, uh, my husband and I and daughter were actually getting on a plane to fly to Texas to see his family. And the book showed up like right as we were getting in the car and I was like, Oh, I'll throw this in my backpack. I I thought I was just going to read a little bit on the plane. The first part of that book is so good when it explains why you would eat a paleo diet, the benefits of not eating gluten, dairy. I read the whole part of that book. I was sold. We got off the plane. I was sold on the paleo diet. I decided that's how I was eating forever and we had just went on vacation and I was never going to eat gluten again. Um, so I ate my own meals. I went to the grocery store and we got to my sister-in-law's house. And I got sweet potatoes and veggies and grass-fed beef and nobody else wanted to eat there, eat with me, but I just did it. I just had this feeling and I have never had a bite of gluten on purpose since that day. And how long ago was that? Seven, a little over seven years ago.
0: Wow. And so you, you didn't have... How was it adding meat back in your diet? I mean, I guess both mentally and physically. Did you have I, any trouble it, I handled
1: with that? It, I handled it really well. And I was, when I so when I started working with her, my digestion was terrible. So she had me on food enzymes right away that did have hydrochloric acid in them. And so I was taking those food enzymes with every meal. And I, just, I really did handle adding meat back, no problem. That's the great. The hydrochloric and- acid helped a lot, I think. Oh, yeah. I would think you were pretty depleted in it but at that point. And, it, and I, I can't remember the name of this documentary, which makes me sad because my family thought when we were on vacation, they thought I was a little weird. Like, this diet is weird. And their daughter had just discovered that she was having a lot of digestive issues. And she's like, you know, maybe I should give up gluten and see what happens. And she gave up gluten and her digestive issues stopped. Mm -hmm. almost immediately, you know, almost immediately. Mm -hmm. So they had found some documentary online about food and I can never, I don't know what documentary it was. This was over seven years ago. It kind of talked about the paleo diet and what we've done to our food system and how our food system is failing and we're eating all these chemicals and this stuff is bad for you and it's destroying our guts, which are making us sick. And it clicked for them and they called us they called us when we got off the airplane and said we watched this movie as you were flying home and it's exactly what everything you were talking about and we're all doing the paleo diet oh wow and they all had so much success my sister-in-law always had the worst acid reflux horrible acid reflux for all of her adult life never could eat after seven o'clock at night ever 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 and still would go to bed with burning, burning, and took all of the drugs, always took her stomach reducers, always, 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 that disappeared. As long as she didn't eat gluten, she was fine. That, isn't that incredible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is incredible. And I would say within six months of starting it, I declared that I was in remission from MS and Lyme wow. disease. And it had wow. been so about a it now, at that point it had been a way, year. You lost a bunch of weight. Did I did I read that correctly? I lost you for that one minute on maybe on my end.
0: Oh, um, somewhere along the way, you said that you had you had lost a lot of
1: weight. So I'm gonna say it was about a year from from the vegan diet and the paleo diet because the vegan diet helped the cleansing, the eating all organic. I lost a hundred pounds in a year. Oh my gosh. And to, that was prob- pounds. Yeah. probably the skinniest I had ever been. I have put back on some of that weight. I do now have a thyroid issue. Really? Yes. I, um, I believe we moved, um, we moved areas of Oregon and we lived in the high desert before. We now live in the valley that rains a lot and there's a lot of mold here. I believe the mold is part of the issue. Hmm. I also believe that I may have stayed in a ketogenic state for too long. And I have a very big family history of thyroid autoimmune disease. There is thyroid autoimmune on my mom's side of the family. So So I was prone to it, I believe.
0: Mm -hmm. And it could have been some of these factors. Okay, so your symptoms go away. You're feeling amazing. You lost a bunch of weight. Do you go back to your your nurse practitioner, your doctors, and say, "Uh, hello? (laughs) Look what (laughs) happened.
1: (laughs) I do. I remember when, because I don't remember. I I told my uh, neurologist, I saw her right after I started the Walls protocol. And I told her what I was going to do and I was so excited about it and I'm not completely symptom free. I I think at the time I was symptom free, but not, you know, not for a long time, a couple months maybe. And she was like, oh, I remember her patting me on my back and saying, oh, that's cute. (laughs) Or she's like, good luck with that. You know, have fun with that. And I go in the next year and she's looking at my chart and she's like, I didn't hear from you all year. Usually you call every two months with a new symptom, a new pro, you know, hmm, how, like what's going on. And I said, I'm fine. I have no symptoms like this diet. And she's like, well, no, no, like MS go, you know, they have ups and downs and you're just, you've just, you can go into remission for years at a time with MS, which you can, you absolutely can some, you know, you can have symptoms for a couple months. They can go away for two years, come back for a couple months. My MS was never like that. My MS was nine years of torture. That just wasn't how my MS was. So she didn't put a lot of merit into it. I go back the next year and she's like, I didn't hear from you again. What's going on? And I said, I'm still fine. Same diet, still working. Right. And she's, you know, that time she was kind of like, oh, okay. I go back the third year and she looks at me and she's like, well, this time you're too skinny. I think you're too skinny. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, get on that scale. And then she writes down all the numbers and looks and she's like, oh, you're the perfect height and weight. Or like, Yep. You're perfect. So, so tell me about this book. And she has since read the Walls Protocol book. And I actually, I think it was at that appointment. Maybe I went back one more year. I think I did go back for four years. On my fourth good appointment with her, she said, you know what? You don't need to come back. I have never told an MS patient that, but you just come in here and gloat every year. (laughs) It costs you money, and it takes my time. So she's like, call me if you have any problems. And it's been... It's been seven years. I haven't called her. I did think of sending her an email the other day, which I still mean to do just to check in and tell her that I appreciate all of her support and I'm still doing good. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. So, okay, a few questions.
0: What about, what is it do you think about adding the meat back in is what you felt you needed, you know, when you... When you commented, um, when we were kind of going back and forth, you said that you really needed that. You needed more cholesterol and you needed the meat to, to really help you heal.
1: I believe it is the cholesterol, especially for MS. The damaged areas in the brain of multiples are your myelin, and that is primarily a saturated fat of your brain. It's fat. Why wouldn't you need the fat to heal? Um, the very first diet for MS does have, um, it's the swank diet it's called, and he had some research and it, it was, it was helpful. It showed it was better. It was a very low fat diet with, and you could eat gluten. I think you maybe, maybe you weren't supposed to have dairy or maybe you could have low fat dairy. And there was some success, but these people were also eating better. You know what I mean? It was a better diet, more natural, I think. Um, it just never worked for me, and I cannot wait. Doctor Walls, I and so I actually work for Doctor Walls now. Um, she won't even tell me the results of the study because they have not been officially published yet. But she smiles very big when she talks about it. She just her last study was comparing her diet to the Swank diet, and I be, I believe her diet won. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so the Swank diet is that, is that a low fat. Okay. Low fat that includes gluten. And I believe there's gluten and autoimmune disease just don't seem to go well together. No, they sure don't. Right. You know, and gluten is my number one trigger. So I do, if I get a tiny drop of gluten in a restaurant, I drag my left leg out of that restaurant and I, um, my eyes, my eye starts to hurt. I get a pain in my eye of the optic neuritis coming back. Wow. And it and it's within 10 minutes, which is very, I call it a blessing. Dr. Walls calls that a blessing. It's our biosensor. And we're, because sometimes it can take a few days for some people's inflammation to show up from a food. And then it makes it very hard to pinpoint what your trigger was. So when it's within 10 minutes, once, and you need to give that food up for months, I believe, to be able to find those triggers, um, like an elimination diet. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the very first time I got gluten was I I think about two years into the diet. I was in school at the Nutritional Therapy Association and I had traveled to Portland for their annual conference. I was eating in a restaurant that was very paleo friendly but they did have one organic bun on the menu. That was the only gluten that they had in the whole restaurant was like an organic sourdough bun for their grass-fed burgers and they made great air fried sweet potato fries. I'm eating my sweet potato fries and you know, not necessarily looking at what I'm eating and all of a sudden something was really crunchy. The, what I put in my mouth was not a sweet potato fry. It was really crunchy. I didn't think much of it. I got up to leave the restaurant and I my eyesight got horrible and I just, I felt that MS coming back and I was like, what happened? Like what happened? And I thought I was like, that must've been gluten. It must have been a little bun that fell in with my sweet potato fry. Oh. I get in my car. It's getting dark, 6 o'clock at night. Um, in Portland, the city. I don't live in the city. I don't like driving in the city. I have to drive over this double, double-decker double bridge um, over to Washington. The uh, conference was actually in Vancouver, Washington, right over the border. I think I'm going to be fine. You know, my eyesight's a little blurry, but I'll be fine. I start driving, I get on the double-decker bridge, rush hour traffic, I'm stopped on this bridge. I've never liked bridges in my life, but I've never (laughs) had a panic attack while driving. I have a full-blown panic attack on that bridge. I am losing it emotionally. I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to, like, I just wanted to stop the car and have like a police officer come and drive me off the bridge, but then I realized I need to get off the bridge, so I keep driving. I make it to the hotel. I'm just, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm like a completely different person from one bite of gluten. The next day I wake up, I, I'm kind of okay. I, I just feel weird. I'm sitting after um, the seminar and I'm eating my lunch that I brought. I brought a huge cooler food because, you know, I'm paleo. I eat so good. So I bring all my own food and I'm eating my chicken that I had and I get this extreme headache. And I don't know what it is. And I look at, there's another nutritional therapist sitting next to me and I said, could you explain, like, have you ever gotten a headache after eating food like this? Like, this is my food. I know it's not contaminated. And she said, oh, it's a histamine response because it's leftover food. And I thought, I've never had a histamine problem before. I believe that tiny bite of gluten caused leaky gut that fast that now I have a histamine intolerance. Whoa. Right. You know, that's the only thing I can explain it. Huh. Um, and it lasted for six to nine months. I had a histamine problem. And then once I healed my gut again, that got better. So when I get, and I actually met Dr. Walls for the first time that weekend too, she was one of the speakers at the conference and that's how I eventually got my job with her. But I get home, see my husband and my daughter and all of a sudden I lose feeling in my legs from that one bite of gluten. And that lasted for nine months. That is unbelievable. Right? And so blessing, I and I worked really hard to heal my gut after that. I did kind of more of a GAPS diet, not with the dairy, but just lots of, um, not bone broth because that would cause a histamine response, but a lot of meat stocks and adding gelatin to my stuff and more probiotics. And luckily, it, you know, I, the histamine got better. And I got better and now I think I've healed my gut so much more in the years to come that when I get gluten the response it's only about 12 hours of ms oh
0: gosh I know that that is interesting and I think that's a great point about um feeling that symptom the symptoms of being glutened or such so quickly because it's so true I mean I say a lot here you know gluten is just it's not helpful and I always say if you have anything of anything going on give it up, you know, do an elimination diet, give it up. Um, But it can be hard to to pinpoint when it is that delayed response, you know, and people, I'm glad you're talking about this, because I think people, even though I've said otherwise, (laughs) that, you know, it's not just about feeling a digestive symptom, like bloating or gas or constipation or diarrhea, that it can manifest a gluten intolerance will manifest in many different ways. And this is a perfect example of that.
1: Well, and I should say, so I think gluten caused me brain inflammation my entire life. And just in, so I never thought of myself as a depressed person. I was a happy kid. I really was a happy, outgoing kid. But I just saw the world in this certain light. And when I gave up gluten, the sun came out. I I don't see life the same way it's hard to explain. And I will. Um. So when we started the walls protocol, too, so my husband went vegan with me. And then I was like, Oh, guess what, honey, now I want to do this walls protocol. <laughs> and it's meat and veggies. And he was like, Oh, meat. Okay. <laughs> all right. And okay, we can do that. And I said no grains at all. And he was like, Oh, no grains. Well, like not the beer that I brew because I brew beer, honey, you know, my favorite hobby and I make like I want to open that brewery one day I'm writing my recipes for my the beer that I make so good and I was like well yeah like I can't ever drink beer again and he's like okay you know like I will do all of this but like I'm gonna still brew my beer and you know when I go out with the guys I'm I'm gonna drink beer and I was like yeah that's no problem if you're gonna do like do this at home you're willing to get rid of all the gluten in our house like that's great and we did it and he didn't you know happen to have any beer at the time because we were just doing our healthy eating thing And I think it was maybe a few months in, he went out with the guys for beer. And guess what? He has a gluten intolerance. (laughs) He was so sick. And he he still just feels horrible if he gets any gluten. Um, And so our daughter, who is now um, 12, just happened. She had to be gluten-free, too, because that was just what the house did. And she has accidentally had gluten. Um, She actually one time had gluten on purpose. We were volunteer. We would volunteer at a farm once a week for our CSA. And we just I homeschool her and we just have a great time going out to the farm and helping them out. And we had left the farm and pick up her dad. We're going to the chiropractor's office. And she's in the back seat, just talking to mouth and off like we have never heard her mouth off. I'm just thinking, like, what is wrong with her? This isn't my child. I don't know who this kid in the back seat is. And I know that she's going to get in trouble with her daddy She's not allowed to talk like that. And we, we pull up to the chiropractor's office, stop the car and she gets out of the car and she snaps her fingers at us and says, let's go. Oh, and I was like, Oh honey, you actually need to come back in the car and we need to have a little talk. And I'm trying to talk to her and she's not rash. Like you can't even have a rational conversation with her. And in my head, I'm just thinking and thinking. And I went, Honey, there was carrot cake um at the picnic table at the farm today. Did you have carrot cake? And she looks at us and she goes, I had the cake. <laughs> like and a demon. She, just, <laughs> she yes, and then she starts crying. She's gonna Aww. be so mad at me for telling this story. She's getting to that age now where she know <laughs> she's gonna be so mad, but and she started crying because she didn't recognize herself. No, oh. and that was the last time she ever purposely had gluten because she she saw it her brain wasn't you know and that is i don't know what that is in my family but gluten gets to our brains oh emotional health mm-hmm. um so, so yeah we are a gluten-free family i think it probably affects
0: a lot of people emotionally and affects their brain a lot more than they realize
1: or want to admit or accept <laughs> because well it's it's hard and and we it is addictive we know that it fills gluten and dairy both fill opiate receptors in our brain yep it's it's a drug it is and it's hard to
0: it's hard to to break, but once you do, and you and you do break free from it, um, and you do feel that difference, and then if you do have it, it is so apparent that it is not helpful.
1: Um, yeah, and so I'm very lucky because it's made it very easy for me to. People always ask, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you net? You know, never eat it. It's like it's just not an option. <laughs> i like not having ms (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i kind of like not having ms so i'm gonna stick with this (laughs) this is amazing this story is so amazing and i mean this is from food you healed yourself
1: with food it's just now and i get to have a job where i get to help other people do it and that is just amazing
0: so you met so tell people a little bit about Dr. Walls um if they are unaware I, I remember just being equally amazed at her story. I mean I, I remember everything when when she first it came out and you know the pictures of her in her wheelchair to riding her bike. I mean and I it's just jaw dropping. So tell people a little bit about Dr. Walls the Walls protocol
1: and and what you do there. Um yes, yeah, so she was in a wheelchair. She had secondary primary progressive MS where you don't have recovery. Um, some people with MS, you know, you have the flare every couple months and then it can go away and then a new flare can happen. Hers was at that point, In a lot of times you progress to progressive MS. It's just a slow decline. People don't get better. She got out of the wheelchair by developing her diet from looking at research and seeing the nutrients that we needed to heal our mitochondria. She first started to try to do that with supplements because that's a lot easier. She was actually already following a paleo diet. She had been a vegetarian most of her adult life. Um, She heard about this paleo diet. She tried it. She didn't see a lot of help from it in the beginning. She tried all of these supplements. She didn't think that they were helping, so she stopped them one day because she was spending a lot of money on the supplements. And she, the fatigue came, she realized how much the fatigue had gotten better when she stopped them and went, whoa, they are doing something. I'm going to bring them back. But you know what? I want to see then where would I get these nutrients in food? How could I get these in food? And so she came up with her version of the paleo diet, and she likes three cups of colored vegetables, three cups of greens, and three cups of sulfur vegetables a day, plus um, healthy fats and good quality meats. And getting it from the food, she got out of that wheelchair. And we should say she also did a lot of physical therapy with um, electrical stimulation device that helps build your muscles. She didn't just get out of the wheelchair from food. The physical therapy and the e gave her her strength back to do that. Um, but we see, and now she has um, clinical research. She works for the University of Iowa, and her research has been successful. And you can find that on her website. There's a little place in the top right-hand corner. You can sign up and get all of her research sent to you, and some really incredible um, gate videos that are on her re- attached to her research. Research that shows people walking with their MS before they start the diet, and then a few months in, and their walking improves so much. It's amazing. It doesn't work for every single person, but we see a lot of success. Um, It's refreshing to know that it can come from food.
0: You know, I mean, because in that she could find and you can find so much relief and change and healing in food because i think you know so much today a lot of us a lot of people are like well i mean our soil is depleted you know and our our foods um our plant foods are depleted and a lot of people are not buying quality meats but when you get good quality stuff i mean it it, it can heal you and, and the nutrients are there
1: well and I think the important the difference from food to a vitamin. And sometimes vitamins are necessary. Yes, yes. To add, you know, to add a boost, but if you're extracting just one nutrient from the vitamin, you're missing all the cofactors. Right. You know the vitamin C in an orange is different, not different the vitamin C part, but different than broccoli. Broccoli has a lot of vitamin C, but the broccoli has different cofactors than the orange has. And I think in vitamins you're missing that synergy from all of the
0: foods (laughs) yeah that's the way god you know packaged them you know they they come together in in different ways that make them bioavailable in in different ways and delivery systems and and it works it's that synergistic uh quality to them yes absolutely
1: and she also really recommends um organ meats once a week and i am not a fan of organ meats i'm a failure and it's hard because you know, I believe her, she loves her liver. And they I did um I was doing a blog for her and checking out all the nutrients in organ meat. And they are a powerhouse of nutrition. They just have more of everything than anything in the food system. So I take like a I take a freeze dried liver pill because I'm
0: just not a liver fan. That is so funny. You said that just this last week. Yeah, I mean, my husband is a grass-fed cattle rancher, so then we have a lot of grass-fed liver, and I just, I don't eat it that much. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta pull this out and try some again, and so I did, and I three bites. I even did it, like, in, like, a, a kind of flash-fried it, and, uh, you know, with, uh, I dredged it in a little gluten-free flour, and did a little flash-fry in butter, which is, you know, and did a little uh, sauce on it, and I was like, this is gonna be great, and I mean, I ate three bites. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. I tried. And I'm not giving up hope because it took me a long time to eat sardines, but I cannot do it. And so, yes, we rely on liver pills around here as well. I can't
1: either. I do. I don't mind it Um, like 10 to 25 percent ground into ground beef. Yes, same. I can do that. And I enjoy it. Like, that is great. And heart, I, I do like heart. I like heart, too. I don't, I don't eat it often, Um,
0: but I like it. Same. I've done some um, stews with it, and my everybody in my family loves it. No, nobody batted an eye about it. And, it. Um, and so that, yeah, I like that, but i'm I'm in the same liver. If I can hide it in a little ground beef, that will work. but but we do. that's that's like the, that's pretty much the vitamin that I I call that basically our vitamin for our family is, is liver you know it's a
1: super vitamin because it is a whole food you know that's a Mm -hmm. whole food vitamin there i just um ordered my daughter my 21 year old daughter a bottle and sent them to her (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and so
1: meeting dr walls i was very lucky to meet her at the nutritional therapy association conference she loves the nutritional therapy association um the first year i I met her. I cried. Actually, I had to like run away the first time I said hi to the bathroom and get myself together and came back and awkwardly introduced myself. She didn't, I don't think, remember me. The second year um, I knew she was going to be there. So I put together a little gift basket of all the Oregon paleo goods that I could find and our. Oregon foods and walked up to her and saw her the first day and said, you know, I made this for you and it's all foods you can eat. And I thought you would appreciate it. And she was like, Oh, that is great. And she's like, you know what, can you carry my purse? And here's my jacket. And I need to be here at this time. And I need to do this at this time. And do you just mind being my assistant for the weekend? Oh, wow. And was like, oh, please, please. You know, I'll do anything for you. Cause she is just, she was my hero. She, yeah. you know, she healed me and I just wanted to give her everything. And I didn't necessarily think I'd see her again, you know, said goodbye for the weekend. And it was a few months later, she started her own certification program. And I had just graduated from the Nutritional Therapy Association. I didn't have the money to pay for the program. I, needed, I didn't have enough clients to justify doing more education. So I didn't sign up. And a friend of mine, just a woman, actually, that I had met on Facebook, who also followed the Walls protocol and knew Dr. Walls, called me and said, "Um, Terry called me this morning, and her and Jackie were laying in bed this morning, and they want to know why you didn't sign up for the certification program. They can't believe you you didn't sign up. They thought you'd be the first one. And I was like, what? How does Dr. Walls know I didn't Like, How does she really know who I am? (laughs) Well, she follows you on social media, and she was just surprised. So they figured you can't afford it and i was like oh okay and she would like to give it to you for free if you could answer customer service emails for her she needs help in her customer service department and i was like oh gosh sure i'll do that so that was amazing to me that she knew who i was and i th- the first two years i worked for her was just over email i did customer service stuff i finally got the nerve one year to ask her if i could come to her live seminar in Iowa and if um, she wouldn't charge me for it. And she was like, oh, of course you can come. So I went to the seminar. I got to know her really well, her family, my boss really well. I went the next year, had a great time. Her seminar is just fantastic. And my boss had was going to become her health coach in her private, um, private practice where she saw it, people with autoimmune disease. And she wasn't loving the job. She went to the institute for um, the functional medicine health coaching program, and she's she likes her marketing job. And that's what she does for Dr. Walls. And she didn't love the health coaching job. And she said, "Gosh, Beth, do you want to become Dr. Walls' health coach?" Well, duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I would love to do that. And she, how lucky am I? So she's in Iowa, I'm in Oregon, and she's like, "We'll just video zoom you in to all the calls." And so even I would get to sit in on her three hour appointments with her patients. Oh man. That's incredible. It is incredible because watching how a functional medicine doctor gets to the root cause for people and just does their history and does all of this. And I, I just sit on those calls and then still I'm in like, I get paid to do this. (laughs) This is an education and I'm getting paid to be educated. Um, sadly, since the virus came, we haven't been able to see people in Iowa, so we have closed her practice, and we are doing an intensive health coaching program online. Because a medical doctor is, um, they can't just see patients online. They have, in Iowa, her medical license. She has to see a patient in person once a year, so she can no longer see patients. Oh, so. Gosh we can do health coaching with just educational purposes. And we do it in a large group setting, not large. We have 10 people in our little group. We're just doing our first one. And then I get to meet with them individually for health coaching. So I'm, I, that, and that's my favorite part of the job is health coaching.
0: That is just so fantastic. What a, what an incredible story. I mean, every bit of it, the, Food healing, um, coming back to the Lord. It's just now like living your dream job, and you live in Oregon. Did you say that? I think you told me. Do you raise sheep, or you're going to, or
1: we we are in Oregon. We have ten We bought ten acres without a house. We were gonna build a house. We decided to worry about fencing the 10 acres. We got the sheep. We were all in and my husband decided that he wanted to leave Oregon. Oh gosh. So we have never built a house. We are still living in an RV. Um, right now we did, we have a contract on our property right now and we just found a beautiful little 10 acre farm in Missouri. Oh, nice. So hoping on March 4th, we start driving out to Missouri and cause we don't, We, um, we had a contract on the land a couple months ago and we actually butchered all of our sheep when we thought it was going to sell. And then it fell through, So we have had no sheep for months and it's really kind of depressing being out there without them. So I am praying hard. The Lord has a plan and you know what? Three months ago, if it sold, we wouldn't have found the place that we found now. So I'm just learning to trust in the Lord's plan. Mm -hmm. We will move when he is ready for us to move. It'll all come together. Yep. Oh,
0: gosh. I have, this has been wonderful. I uh, I don't want to let you go, though, without asking you the anchor questions. I'm really curious as to what your anchor meal is. What is your anchor meal that's your go-to healthy meal that you eat often? I'll always have the ingredients pretty handy.
1: I would say, oh. I hear you. Okay. Um, we make a dish, cauliflower rice. I saute onions, garlic, kale with either our lamb is my favorite. If we don't have our lamb, then we use grass-fed beef. Then we mix it with cauliflower rice and bake it kind of like a casserole with a sauce of tahini, coconut aminos, ginger juice, and a little water to thin it out. That sounds fancy it you know it's actually really easy um it's it's like the one meal that when we don't feel like doing anything either that we enjoy because especially if you buy the cauliflower already riced like the organic cauliflower rice it makes it really easy and then there's days that it won't have the onions and kale and sometimes it will just be the cauliflower beef and sauce
0: (laughs) whatever you have whatever the the core (laughs) ingredients you have it it comes together i'm a creamy
1: person i like sauce Hmm, That sounds delicious. Mm, that's a good one. How
0: about your anchor verse? What is a, a Bible verse that is just always, always has resonated with you or that you're leaning into particularly right now?
1: Leaning into right now is going to be Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight.
0: Oh, we all need that one. <laughs> that's a good one for, for now and for always, but for right now, it's uh, that's a really, that's a good one. You know, whenever I think of that, and he will make your path straight, I don't, <laughs> this is a total sidebar, but I always think of people who are like, oh, whatever God's gonna, you know, God, you never know which where God's going to take you. And it's like, there's always this meme with, um, you know, this real zigzaggy pattern. Like you think you're going straight. And then it's like, God's got you going all these different ways, all these zigzaggy ways. And to me, I'm always like, that is wrong. That is opposite. Because I think that it's us who takes us ourselves in the zigzaggy directions. And then if we would just trust in God and not try to do things in our own understanding, then our paths would be straight. I don't know. That always makes me think of that. <laughs> that is a good way to look at it. You know, um, he's straight. He's not zigzaggy. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> no, but our free will sometimes takes us. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. I think the zigzaggy comes more from the free will for sure. Well, Beth, thank you so much for being here and sharing that incredible story. Where can people find you if they would like more information about the walls protocol um, or or any anything else if they wanted to shoot you a question or anything?
1: You know, at the moment, um, I don't have my own website. I um I lost it <laughs> this year on accident. I was just so darn busy that I real I, I didn't realize I um had changed emails and didn't pay for it. Oh so gosh, it didn't renew. It didn't. No, because I changed credit cards. I changed banks. Oh. Right. And so I mostly am with Dr. Walls and she takes up all of my hours (laughs) these days. I do have a Facebook page, Real Food Inspired Me, Beth Schultz NTP. And I can be reached at customer service at terrywalls.com. Great. And everybody do do look
0: into the Walls protocol. Um, I have her book. It's a great it's a great book, and she has different levels of, um, of the protocol that you can that you can do, and um, really goes into it deeper and the things that Beth has talked about today. So that's always a good resource as well.
1: And she does have a
0: revised book that's even a little bit better. Oh, does she? I need to get that. I need she to does. Get that and date it. It's good. Okay, I'm gonna add that to my list. Uh, because the first one's great, so I can't imagine the update, the updated revised one. Get that one, y'all. Well, again, thanks for being here, Beth. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Chelsea. It was lovely talking to you today. And everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week. And I will talk to you soon.